0: I want to know how do you manage multitasking so well, managing your professional and family responsibilities, finishing your household chores, giving time and space to friends and taking care of yourself involves a lot of focused multitasking. How do you do all that? And how can we become like you? Which I'm laughing because that's just really funny to me. In today's episode, I answer your questions. I've chosen three awesome questions from you about topics such as healthy snacks to feed your children, workouts to target the upper body, and how I balance my life. I have some pretty interesting answers, if I say so myself. So tune in and enjoy. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I am your host, Rachel Jane, and I am so excited you are here. This podcast is for you, the woman looking to live a big life as the fullest, most vibrant version of you that you can be. Each week, I bring you quality content based on the three pillars of health, movement, nutrition, and mindset. These episodes are designed to help you break through false, limited beliefs, while harnessing freedom, joy, strength, and empowerment, both in your body and in your life. No more shrinking. Let's go. Welcome back to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Rachel Jane, and I am the host of the podcast. And today I'm really excited because I'm going to be answering some of your questions Now I've chosen three questions that I received on social media and I will take a little bit of time to answer each of them. And the other questions I received, I am indirectly answering them through these answers that I'm about to share with you or I'll be touching on them throughout the week through my Instagram posts or through my blog. So stay tuned for that. If I'm not answering your question directly today, it will be answered this week through other means. And I'm gonna be doing this once a month. The last Tuesday of every month, I'll be taking your questions and directly answering them to the best of my ability. Keeping in mind that some of these things are based on my opinion and my experience. So take anything I say that resonates with you and the rest feel free to leave behind as you should do with anybody giving you advice on anything. Before we dive in, I thought I'd just recap you on my week. There's nothing crazy exciting happening, which is probably good. (laughs) Sometimes a lack of excitement is a good thing. I am ramping up my training again because I'm just tapering my way out of my marathon. But last week I managed almost 70 kilometers of running, a couple gym sessions, a swim, and like a 10 minute cycle, nothing that big. So I'm, looking back on my training for the last week and seeing it jump up again, which is feeling really good in my body and in my life because I find if I don't have a goal to focus on or if I don't have training, I don't know, I feel a little bit lost in my life. So I like to focus on training, I like to focus on work and my clients and my children and finding those little adventures and then I feel really fulfilled. Simplicity is where it's at for me. But this past weekend I had my kids I have them almost, well, a little bit more than 50% of the time, and uh, they were kind of going down like flies. They were getting sick with colds and coughing and sore throat. so it was kind of a really long weekend, even though we managed to get out and do some fun things like renting a paddle boat, but now I'm really hardcore on making sure that I don't get sick and I'm doing all the things I need to be doing, which I'll share with you in a future podcast. So that's where I'm at training and trying not to get sick pretty much sums it up for me and I hope your week is going great too okay I always want to be cognizant of your time and respectful of your time my podcasts are 30 minutes or less for a reason because I know that you have important things to do with your time you have goals to achieve you have things to tend to you have dreams to go after So I will keep this 30 minutes or less every single week because that's very important to me. I know what it's like to be a busy mom and nobody wants to listen to a two-hour podcast. And let's be honest, nobody wants to hear my voice for more than 30 minutes at a time, including me. So let's get on with the questions. So I have three good ones for you today. And I really appreciate you all taking the time to send me in questions. It's really helpful and it gets me really excited to hear the things that you're wondering about let's begin with these are in no particular order by the way but let's begin with number one and i said last week that i would keep all of your names and everything confidential unless you said otherwise so i'm not going to be providing names but um, if you want your name said in the podcast then feel free to let me know that so question number one came from facebook And the question is, what are the best exercises that can be done without equipment to increase arm strength and definition? Great question. And I try to keep my answers as simple as possible, but I find when it comes to fitness and health, there are so many different places I can go with my answers and they oftentimes begin with, well, it depends. And I know nobody likes that, I know you want a quick and easy answer, but there isn't always one. And this is kind of an example of that. So first of all, without equipment. So you're talking about no dumbbells, no barbells, no bands, no resistance bands, no medicine balls, no kettlebells, nothing, I'm assuming. Which are all amazing tools to use and great things that you can have in your own home gym. To increase your arm strength and definition, those to me are two very different things. Increasing your arm strength is obviously increasing your ability to either lift heavy things or um, do some sort of body weight exercise, since we're not talking about equipment, for a longer period of time. So increasing your muscular endurance. And keep in mind that strength isn't always correlated with definition. So let's begin with strength. There are many exercises you can do to target your upper body and strengthen the muscles of your upper body. However, you are very limited. And the reason you're limited is because you have muscles that you just really can't target, at least well, through simple bodyweight exercises. For example, the biceps. Unless you have, let's say, a pull-up bar in your home and you're going to be doing underhand grip pull-ups that will help Um, target your biceps, there's not many things that you can do aside from that and using dumbbells and barbells, of course, for curls and things like that to target your biceps. Another example is your shoulders. Any body weight exercise, and I'll give you some ideas that are going to target your shoulders, are not going to target every single muscle of your shoulders. Now, without getting deep into anatomy, there are a few different heads of your shoulders to target. You've got your anterior delts, your posterior delts, and your lateral delts. You've got three different heads, essentially, of your shoulders. And a lot of what you're gonna be doing with just bodyweight exercises is only gonna be targeting one of those heads. So in order to ensure that you're well-balanced, and as a yoga instructor, that's extremely important to me, with your muscular strength and endurance, the best thing you can do is to incorporate exercises with equipment. Now, the equipment you choose to use is up to you. I do have a blog on my website, racheljane.net, talking about the best equipment to have if you're going to incorporate a home gym into your home. But aside from that, I will give you some ideas of exercises that will target your upper body that will help improve your strength, and we'll talk about definition in a minute. So the main one are push-ups. Now, push-ups, there are so many variations you can do, and while... The basic push-up, when you imagine a push-up, targets your chest muscle. You're also incorporating some of your arm muscles as well. And again, to be well balanced, I like to target your whole upper body and not just your arms. Like you also need strong chest and strong back. So push-ups you can do, you can do incline push-ups where your legs are elevated. You can do decline or sorry, incline push-ups where your hands are elevated. You can do decline push-ups where your legs are elevated. You can do a close grip push up where your elbows are tucked into your body, which will target your triceps more. You can do wide push ups, which will target your chest muscles some more. One of my favorites to target the shoulders is called a shoulder push up. If you're not sure, you can Google some of these things. I'm a very visual person, so I like to see. If you're the same, just Google these things so you can see an image. But shoulder push ups basically, you're in a downward dog position like you are for yoga, hips are elevated got lots of length through your spine as you push your mat away from the front of your body and then you get way up on your tiptoes and tuck your chin in toward your chest so the majority of your weight is in the front of your body and you bend your elbows as you lower the crown of your head down toward your mat and as you straighten out your elbows you'll exhale so this will be targeting your shoulders and rather than when you're in a plank position and push-ups that target your chest you're targeting your shoulders based on how your body is situated if that makes sense Push-ups can also be done from your knees if you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do a push-up, then bring it to your knees. If you're on your knees in a push-up position, you want to make sure that your belly button's drawn up and toward your spine and your hips are slightly shifted forward. You don't want to look like a box because then you're not targeting your core at all and probably not engaging the the chest muscles that you could be engaging otherwise. So push-ups are a great upper body exercise that targets more muscles than just one um, that will help with your strength, you'll notice you'll be able to do more, it'll seem easier, you'll be able to increase your range of motion. So, you'll really notice an improvement with just push ups. Other upper body exercises that I like that don't require any equipment are tricep dips, as well as side lying tricep push ups. So, you're just lying on your side, one arm's in front, you press into the ground, keeping your elbow tucked in, and lift your body up. So, those two target your triceps. Shoulders, uh, uh, aside from the shoulder push-ups that I just talked about, a couple other ones that I really like are opposite shoulder taps. So you're in plank position on your knees or off of your knees. Remember if you're on your knees, your hips are shifted forward. And you're just going to take your right hand and gently tap your left shoulder. Bring it back into a plank position and take your left hand and gently tap your right shoulder. What you wanna focus here on here is to ensure that your hips are moving very, very, very little and you're controlling your movement, which means when you bring your hand back onto the ground, you're not slapping the ground. It's a nice, light, bring back. You don't hear your hand. You don't grunt and groan. Everything's controlled. Aside from that, the other one that I really like to target the shoulders, which will also target the core, just like the shoulder taps, um, are called plank up and downs. So you get into a plank position. You come onto one forearm, onto another forearm, so you're now in a low plank. And then come up to one hand and another hand, so you're in a high plank and just continue switching up which hand you begin your movement with. So again, you'll be targeting your shoulders as well as your core. Aside from that, there's a couple yoga exercises that I really enjoy that help target your upper body, especially your shoulders. The first one is flowing from a downward dog into a plank position. So basically, find your way into a downward dog, really get lots of length in your spine, press your mat away from the front of your body, feel your arms engage, Then shift your weight forward into a high plank where your shoulders are stacked above your elbows, which are stacked above your wrists. Pause there briefly to engage your core and just keep shifting back and forth. Exhale to bring it into a downward dog. Inhale to bring it into a plank position. Finally, the last one I like that is yoga-based is a dolphin into a low plank. So just like the downward dog shifting forward into a low plank, we'll bring it into a dolphin position, which is basically a downward dog on your forearms and shift it forward into a low plank position where your shoulders then become stacked above your elbows and just shifting it back and forth and back and forth. So those are my favorite upper body exercises that will help increase your arm strength and your upper body strength. I don't really like saying arm strength because there's so much to your arms, but your upper body strength. Now, as far as definition goes, cause that was the second part of her question, definition in the arms can be achieved without equipment, but it's a lot more challenging. And it's largely based on your body fat percentage. The lower your body fat percentage, the more you'll see the definition through your muscles. But again, it's very challenging to see any definition without incorporating something such as dumbbells and barbells. It's not impossible, but it's a lot more challenging. And it will depend on your genetics it will depend on what your body's looking right like right now um, and where you tend to carry muscle within your body. And also, how much definition are you looking for? Are you looking for sculpted? Because that will be, in my opinion, almost impossible to do without um, incorporating actual weight-bearing exercises with equipment. So it'll depend. If you want tone and strength, upper body weight exercises without equipment is totally fine. Just know that you're not targeting all the muscles that you should be targeting in doing so. I hope that makes sense, and I hope that answered your question. Thank you for submitting it. All right, let me just drink my tea, one sec. Okay, the second question was also received on Facebook, and it's from a mom perspective, which is great. I got three kids, I know these things. Or I pretend I do anyways. Okay. So the question is, what are some good packaged snacks for kiddos that I could leave in my car for emergencies, like an unplanned park adventure? Okay. This is one of those things you learn super quick when you have a child. If you're in the car, you always have a drink and food. I don't care if you're in the car. If you think you're going to be in the car for five minutes, always have food. I mean, my kids are older now. They're nine, seven, and four. So they're fine. But I remember when they were younger, life was hell, unless I had food in the car. Like they'd go from totally fine and singing to angry and screaming and freaking out because they were suddenly starving to death. So I feel like this parent understands how important it is to have food on hand. And let's be honest, I'm pretty much the same way if I don't have food when I want it. So I came up with 10 different snacks that I really like that could be left in your car. other than like grabbing fruit and vegetables and having them in your car when you're in the car it's always great to just leave things in your car and I've done this a number of times just left things in the car just in case and it's worked out very well <laughs> okay so let me give you my list um, and it will depend on where you live whether or not you've heard of these items and what store you shop at so when I talk about these items I shop at three different places number one is Zayers number two is Sobeys, and number three is Costco. So the things I'm about to mention can be found at one or two or all three of these places. And I don't know if I can remember what is found where, but these are in no particular order. So number one snack that I like to have in the car, depending on how anal you are about how clean your car is, is those little bags from Costco of the Skinny Pop Popcorn and it will also depend on the age of your child You probably don't want to give a one-year-old popcorn because they're very easy to choke on but popcorn's a great Snack to have in the car if you don't mind seeing popcorn on your floor and let's be honest All these snacks will end up on the floor anyways, but popcorn's a mess even but I really like that because skinny pop I mean, it's very simple ingredients. Everything I'm going to suggest has very simple clean healthy ingredients um, Number two are those organic squeeze applesauces. My kids absolutely love them. I think they're kind of a waste of money because I feel like they're done them in half a second. But anyways, I know Zara sells organic, uh, I think they're called go-go squeeze applesauces. They come in different flavors, but they come in little pouches. They're very easy to store. Kids love them. And um, they also have some flavors that include vegetables in them. So you're getting fruits and vegetables. The only ingredients are fruits and or fruit concentrate. So those are really great, very simple. And all my kids have loved them. My kids don't love all of these snacks. I'm about to tell you, I'll be completely transparent with you, but my kids are also actually fairly picky, believe it or not. All right, number three, one of the things that I love, um, and they do fairly well in the car, especially if you're thinking about summer coming, you want to have things that aren't going to melt. So the bars I love are Lara bars. They come in many different flavors. They're made with nuts, usually peanut butter, cashew butter, um, or cashews, things like that. So obviously make sure that your child doesn't have any intolerances or allergies to nuts. The ingredients, again, are very simple. There's like six ingredients in them. They're delicious, they're very filling, full of healthy fats, and they're really great. My kids actually really love them. We love the peanut butter chocolate chip flavor. Those can be found anywhere. Um, I only buy them when they're on sale because they can be quite expensive, but they're often on sale. So bars of some sort. Um, Number four, just packages of nuts. And again, obviously you're a mom, you know if your child is going to choke on something or if it's not good for your child so be cognizant of your child's age and their allergies um, but just having mixed nuts trail mixes something homemade easy to store in the car or something you can buy package um, some kind of organic nut mix or snack mix like that i don't have a specific name brand one to give you because i've always just made them and had them in containers in my car super easy and super cheap Uh, Number five, I really love, the brand is called Made Good and I get them at Zayers, but I believe Costco also sells them, but they have these little um, oat balls. It's basically like a granola bar, but they're rolled into balls just to make it more exciting for kids because, you know, shapes are really fun and they have a whole bunch of different flavors. I like the banana flavor, really clean ingredients. They have some sweeteners in it, like agave nectar. So, always read the labels um, in understanding what your child can or cannot tolerate in his or her body. But I really like them. My kids like them. Very simple, very clean, and they're fun. Number six are chips. My kids are obsessed with chips, and I don't buy the quote unquote normal chips. We buy a variety of chips. So, you've got apple chips. They sell, or they used to sell big bags at Costco. The only ingredients are apples and cinnamon. Um, we really like the sweet potato chips. So they're getting their sweet potatoes in. There's different types of veggie chips you can look at. There's those snap pea crisps that I used to be obsessed with until I think I overdosed on them. But they sell those bags at Costco. And the other ones we love are called Benitos. They're made with beans and they are ridiculously amazing. They're like a knockoff of um, Doritos almost. Same shape, same type of idea, but they're delicious and there are tons of fiber in them. So bags of chips, they sell, they sell a lot of these in little mini bags as well. Um, number seven, at Zayers, I don't know about anywhere else, they sell these little bags called the Good Bean, and it's just roasted chickpeas in different flavors. One of my favorites is apple cinnamon. It's delicious. So roasted chickpeas, they're getting some protein, they're getting lots of good fiber in their bodies, and really clean, good ingredients. Number eight... Something I really like at Zare's again, that seems to be my place to go, are called Coconut Love Clusters or Coconut Chips. And they are deliciously sweet and almost creamy but crunchy when you buy them. They come in some chocolate fa- flavors as well. There's a little bit of brown rice syrup and cane sugar in them, so there is a sweetener to them, but they are so good. Love them. Um, only one of my kids like them, but... <laughs> I don't know. They're crazy. I love them. They're so good. Um, number nine are fruit bars. Now a lot of fruit bars contain a whole bunch of crap in them. So just check out the little food label. Uh, read the ingredients in them, see what's in them, but there's one by kind. Do you know the kind bars? They make these fruit bars called pressed. Um, I, I know this them, at, or they used to sell them at Costco. I haven't been to Costco in a few months, so I'm not sure what's there now, but the only ingredients are dried fruit, and chia seeds. So there's a variety of different dried fruits and chia seeds, which are really good powerhouses of energy, not that children need energy, but they're also really good um, for fiber. So fruit bars are really good. Pressed by kind are what they're called. They're delicious and super clean, not full of all the junk. Number 10, last one, are crackers. I am not an advocate of goldfish crackers. There's so much junk in those things. So we don't do goldfish crackers. One of my favorite crackers um, are called Mary's crackers. Super simple, only a few ingredients, lots of seeds. There's quinoa, brown rice, flax, sesame seeds in them. Uh, They sell them at Costco. That's where I get them the cheapest. The other uh, crackers that I really like, I forget, what is it called? I'm not going to remember, but it's like a sweet potato cracker. It sells in a box in Costco. They're pretty clean as well. But kids love crackers. I don't know, it just have a look at the food labels when you're shopping and compare them and see what the best one is. Sometimes you're stuck with um, some really crappy options depending on where you're able to shop, but just look for the best um, quality ing- ingredients within the products that you're looking to purchase. So those are the 10, I'll recap them really quick. So popcorn, applesauce packages, uh, Lara bars or any kind of bars, nuts, those made good balls, bags of chips, there's healthy ones that you can look at, the good bean roasted chickpeas, coconut clusters or coconut chips, fruit bars and crackers. So I hope you found that helpful. I know it's not easy, but I hope that gave you some ideas. Okay, one more drink of my tea. So the final question uh, I received on Instagram And here it is. I want to know, how do you manage multitasking so well? Managing your professional and family responsibilities, finishing your household chores, giving time and space to friends, and taking care of yourself involves a lot of focused multitasking. How do you do all that and how can we become like you? Which I'm laughing because that's just really funny to me. Okay, let's cut through all this first of all. Do not become like me because you are you and you all have so many amazing qualities and gifts. And trust me, I am not Wonder Woman as much as I like to pretend I am sometimes, as much as I strive to be Wonder Woman. I'm absolutely not. Multitasking, I am good at. I can do many things at once and I can usually do them fairly well depending on what they are. Balance is one of those words that I think is a bullshit word because balancing means you're stagnant. You're not moving. You're still, everything's managed and I don't know anybody that is balanced. There are weeks where my training for my runs is on point, but ask my friends. I can be a really crappy friend and they don't hear from me for weeks. They know that I don't check in as often as I should. I kind of disappear off the face of the planet. So, my friends, I try to hold space for them, but they sometimes get the short end of my stick, which is very unfortunate. And I love you all. Um, I actually had some friends over last night, which was really beautiful. And I loved every second of it. So, I'm very grateful for my friends. But um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm as mindful of my time with my children. And sometimes I don't have the energy, and I'll shut myself in my room and tell them i need some alone time sometimes i have all the energy in the world and i get one million things done some days i want to do absolutely nothing and feel like i've got nothing done sometimes my house needs a really deep clean and it's been a while since it's been cleaned. it's usually fairly tidy but it's not always clean sometimes i forget about my clients as they can attest, they've shown up at my house and I'm not here and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot. My schedule is all over the place and I'm not ever going to pretend that I have all my shit together because I don't. I do what I can do day to day, week to week and it's not always perfect. It's, it's never perfect, let's be honest. But it doesn't always look the same week to week. Some weeks, I feel like I'm killing it. Some weeks, I don't know how I get out of bed in the morning and function properly as a human being. So having said that, I'd hate for anybody to have the expectation that they need to be perfectly in balance in every aspect of their life because I don't know that that will ever happen. I feel like the scale will tip in one direction as the days go on, as the weeks go on, as you prioritize differently, as you focus on different things. I believe the scales tip. I don't believe everything is fully managed and balanced, especially to your expectation. I hope that makes sense. I have a few tips though, having said that, because my life definitely looks a lot different than it did five years ago. So self-care is absolutely something that I have prioritized for the last, I'm going to say, uh, six, six and a half years. It became very important to me because I was falling down a slippery slope of sadness and overwhelm and frustration and feeling like I was failing at everything in life. So I really, really knew that I had to put self-care at the top of my list. If ever, my children were going to have a half-decent mom. If ever, my friends were going to have a half-decent friend. If ever, you get the idea. I had to put self-care a priority. So for me, I prioritize fitness and health above almost anything else. Because I cannot go forward in life full of ambition and drive and happiness and feeling at peace and content if inside I feel like crap, if my body has no energy. Energy is extremely important to me. I fill myself with things that will create energy in my body and in my life. And that has absolutely helped me multitask and balance, if you so call balance. I hate that word, but I'm going to use it just for lack of better words. And that's how I find balance in my life with everything else. That's how I find peace and not so much overwhelm. Also, I used to live in a home that was about 2,800 square feet. It was huge, It was to me, that's huge. And it was a two-story home, very big, full of so many things, all fancy, which was great. I definitely appreciated my time in that home and I love that home. However, it came at a cost. I had this massive home with a million things in it and I never felt like I could get on top of the household chores. It seemed like my house was always messy, always dirty, and things were piling up around me. I just could not stay on top of it. It has become so important to me, especially in the last couple of years to simplify. I have purchased a smaller home with not many things in it. I took very few things with me. I always have a box in my garage of things to get rid of. So I'm constantly throwing things in there. Just get rid. get. I'm constantly purging things as I don't need them, as they don't bring me joy. Simplicity has absolutely 100% changed a lot of that overwhelm for me into peace. I can remember every single day waking with anxiety. I had so much to do. I I lived in a space that felt very chaotic to me. I mean, at the time, my marriage was also falling apart, so let's throw that into there. Um, But since then, I have simplified. I have less things. I have a smaller home. I have less on my plate. I have less uh, stressful relationships. And that has absolutely... Enabled me to manage my life in a way that I find peace and happiness every single day and Having that peace and happiness every single day allows me to make the decisions that will continue that space for me having peace and happiness So I no longer say yes to things that stress me out I say no because I'm coming from a place of peace and happiness and nobody is going to mess with that peace and happiness Fuck that that's it. I've worked way too hard to be where I am right now so this might seem like a roundabout way of answering this question, but how do I manage multitasking so well and managing my life so well? Because I've simplified my life. I have cut things out that are no longer important to me. I say no to things that I don't want to do. I say yes to the things that fulfill me. I know what my values are. Freedom, peace, happiness, joy, adventure. That is all the things that are important to me. And if something presents itself in my life, that's not aligned with any of those things. I say no. And that is a huge reason that my days look so happy and fun because they are. I hope that makes sense. It doesn't mean that my house is always sparkling. It doesn't mean that my kids are always bathed. It doesn't mean that my friends are seeing me all the time and hearing from me from me all the time. But it means that whatever I spend my time doing, I'm doing it with joy and love and peace and fulfillment. And that, to me, is what a balanced life should feel like. And I don't have it all together, but I love my life and I feel like I have a good control and I don't suffer from overwhelm anymore like I used to. And anxiety, anxiety comes and goes, but I don't deal with that anxiety for the second I wake up to the minute I go to bed anymore because I've managed my life, I've simplified it, and honored what my values are does that make sense a more direct answer i'm sorry this is going so long a more direct answer is that i decide what needs to be done and i just do it i am definitely all about action less talk more action if something needs to be done um, if you've read the book called eat frog it's all about doing the thing that causes you anxiety first and getting it out of the way because as you procrastinate, things will add up and anxiety will build, and it just kind of is like a domino effect from there. So I prioritize what I need to do, I do it, I lay things out on my kitchen table that need to be done, and I'll have to stare at it until it's done, which means I'll get it done quickly because I don't like looking at clutter. I will ensure um, that I prioritize the things that are important to me. My training, I know where it fits in every day. I know where my clients fit in every day. I try to make a date with at least one friend, or at least check in with one friend every single week because that's important to me. Um, I read at nighttime before I go to bed because that relaxes me and I love to learn. I listen to podcasts because, again, I love to learn. How can I fit learning into my life without sitting down and spending an hour? I put on podcasts in my car. I listen to motivational speeches as I cycle. I find a way to fit in all the things that fulfill me and nothing else makes its way into my life. So I hope that kind of answers your question um, in a very roundabout way, but I hope you understand where I'm going with that. So those are the three questions today. I had a feeling that was going to take us to time and I don't want to take up any more of your time. If you have any questions, um, I can answer them in the next podcast at the end of June. So I'll do viewers or listeners questions at the end of every month, as I said. So I will do that again in June, but if you have any questions before then that I can quickly answer for you, just post to Facebook or Instagram or email me info at racheljane.net. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You have some very valuable questions as I'm sure others do as well. Thank you for submitting them to me and I hope the answers have provided you a little bit of something. All right, guys, have an awesome week. I'll talk to you again next week. I am so grateful you're here listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you found this content interesting or beneficial, I'd be so honored if you can share it with your friends. If you have any questions or any show ideas, anything that you're concerned about or would like clarification on, anything you want me to address on the show, please feel free to email me, info at racheljane.net. I'll see you next week.